Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. I pulled like a bag of 200 picks off, off wish.com because there were like three, because, you know, like these stupid moments where I do stuff like that. And it was, and it was like three quid or something yeah. like for 200 of these guitar picks in the, in my thickness, my preferred thickness, which in, uh, I don't know, something like 0.96 or something it is, right? So just under, just under one mil. Mm. So great. They've all turned up. They're all really nicely shaped. They're all really nicely finished around the edges. They are made of a material that I cannot get on with. The, the, they are like, like the one thing that you need a pick to do is not be like slippery. <laughs> These things have got no surface friction at all. Greetings welcome to another episode of the Guitar Smarts Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, this week, Kieran and myself uh, are having a good old chat about tone tips, uh, special ways that you can uh, improve the tone of your guitar or your rig. Uh, now, these might not work for everyone, and some of these are through experience, um, but if you are a tone chaser like many of us are, and you want to always improve the sound of your rig and the sound of your guitar, um, then sometimes it's in, all in the finer details. Sometimes it's not in the big things. It's not in the expensive amp or the expensive guitar or the or the you know hand wound custom pickups. Sometimes it's in just the details of the setup of your guitar or the pick choice and things like that. And that's what we're discussing today. If you look down in the description below, you'll find links to all kinds of different things uh, to our social media pages. Please come along and like our social media pages and say hello. Uh, you'll find links to our Buy Me A Coffee website and also to uh, our Etsy merchandise store where you can buy some uh, Guitar Smarts stuff, which all helps us to uh, it helps support the show. Uh, but the best thing you can do if you want to support the show is to leave us a rating or a review in your favourite podcast app that helps us get into the algorithm a little bit more helps us get into the ears of other excellent guitarist and musician podcast listeners just like yourselves anyway that's enough waffle from me let's get to it hey yeah hey man it's good to see you 
It's been a while, hey? It feels like a while. It feels like a while. It's just a couple of weeks, really, isn't it? But yeah, it's been... It's, yeah, we, we need a catch-up, man. We need a catch-up. <laughs> I know we do. I know. Absence <laughs> makes the heart grow fonder. Oh, hey, there you go. There you go. We, just we got, I've got all this pent-up guitar nonsense in my head to talk about. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. How have you been anyway, mate? What's, what's new? What's, yeah, yeah. What's, uh, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Uh, last couple of weeks, what have I been up to? So, you have a bit of work. The day job uh, has yeah. been has been quite full on, but I know it has been for you as well, mate. Yeah. The messages have been exchanging. Um, but in a good way, I've been getting out and about now, so not so much uh, working remotely from home and getting out and seeing people again, which is mm-hmm. which has been actually quite nice. Um, and then, yeah, uh, guitar stuff lots of setups and stuff have been coming through so that's been good so i've i'm back up to date with that there's nothing sitting waiting to be set up now so that's good i'm on top of all those uh and then yeah um learning learning songs for for some uh for dep gigs uh that i've got coming up um as well as the the main band so yeah it's all good it's all good mate and the weather's and the weather's looking a bit more spring-like as well Do you know what I've got? I've got I've got the day off today, and I've for the last two hours this morning I've been out on the lawn cutting the grass. I've just finished scarifying and getting the moss up. After we've done this, I've got I've got my seed and my fertilizer. I'm going to go and get some topsoil. I'm doing like my my spring lawn renovation today, which is great. Wow! So that's my that's my I've got to say that's my other thing. Like as well as guitar, lawn yeah. care as well. I love looking after my oh, lawn. Oh mate, I'm all about that. Look good, you know, all summer stripes and you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you just heard some rumbling in the background. But this <laughs> now I feel really really bad. But there was um, that was you might. I've just heard outside the window that's uh, that, that's my gardener he's just he's just, he's just striped my lawn just, just doing everything for you yeah I know I'm so, I'm Man, so lazy I'm so lazy let me do it he's, he's a diamond he's an absolute legend yeah. He's a legend. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you a picture of some stripes after this. We'll have a stripe off, but obviously <laughs> I wouldn't know. good after today. I, I won't win any points. At the end of today, my lawn will look like it's been torn apart because it'll be covered in topsoil. You know, it'll be all kinds of different things. You know, it's the, <sighs> it's the, it's the renovator. But in a few weeks' time, when all yeah, that extra yeah. seed's growing and it's all thickening <sighs> up after a nice fertiliser treatment and it's still... <sighs> You literally cannot wait for that first cut once that grass is ready, can That's you? Great. You are going to just be, I think you should, I can imagine you now, t-shirt and shorts, a nice cool <laughs> glass of lemonade with condensation dripping down the side, just waiting for you. Yeah. Headphones in the ear, Rosanna at full, full volume. <laughs> On repeat. <laughs> On repeat. It's <laughs> done constantly. <laughs> 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 oh mate, that will be a good day. I love the groundwork. I love the I love the prep that's going into this. You're playing the long game. Yeah, I know. I know. It's good. <laughs> and, and yeah, like you say, the weather's been much better the last few weeks. The last mm. couple of days, mm. really mostly, I think, or the last week or so. Last weekend was lovely. Yeah. Today it seems fantastic. But guitar-wise, um, do you know what? I'd say the last month or so, for a number of reasons, I haven't really played guitar much at all, other than just to noodle around because work's been so busy. Mm, that um, mm. I just wanted to kind of chill out in the evenings and not really yeah. kind of, you know, play much guitar. But I, I I kind of know, I know after so many years of playing guitar now, I know that it comes in waves for me. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like uh, it, okay. it, it's kind of every few months, 
you know, it kind of peaks and it troughs and it peaks and it troughs, yeah. you know, and I'm in the, you know, I'm in the bo- bottom of a trough at the moment, you know, right down <laughs> in the valley of, you know, being yeah. kind of like, yeah. Yeah. I'll just noodle around every so often. I'm not bothered about yeah. practicing too much or listening to too much music or trying to learn solos or stuff like that. I just enjoy music and pick the guitar up occasionally. And I know in a couple of months' time, I'll be back up at the top, practicing away, thinking, oh, I mm-hmm. can get better at mm-hmm. this and that. So that's mm-hmm. that's where I am at the moment. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of comfortable relate. with it in a zen way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in yeah. the first time for a long time, a self-awareness of knowing I don't need to be frustrated that I'm not no. playing guitar. It'll be fine, you know. It's a great thing about the guitar. It's there when you need it. Exactly. And it's, you know, all, it's and all of them are there when you need them. All, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's not that many. There's not that many. Uh, uh, no. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm not buying any more guitars. After, after we've already chatted on the last episode, we don't need to buy any more guitars. That's it. That was a good <laughs> conversation. I really enjoyed our, our kind of philosophical musings on you know, buying, buying guitars. I yeah, feel like we yeah. learned something about ourselves. We did. <laughs> no. We did. We, we, well, I liked yeah. what you put on the social media posts and things, which was, you know, we learned there's different reasons that we buy guitars and which guitars we buy and for what purpose and keeping that all in check. And yeah, it was, it was a good, it was a good conversation. And I think today's is going to be uh, not as deep and philosophical, a bit more practical, a bit mm. more um, kind of maybe some top tips. Maybe there'll be a top 10 list that comes out of it. Maybe there'll be more than 10, but on at least on a similar vein, which is uh, not necessarily feeling the need to right here and right now to go out and buy any more gear. Cause I think both of us have been through a bit of a gear buying phase over the last few months, you with the, the head rush and uh, helix rig that you've mm. moved over to myself with new pedal board stuff and, and kind of guitars and, and stuff for gigging. So I'm kind of in a, like your peaks and troughs kind of, uh, description of guitar playing. Mm. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in a, a nice comfortable trough with buying anything at the moment. I'm not feeling the need to buy anything Mm. but today we thought we'd talk about some kind of just little tips and things to get more oomph out of what you've already got to to get more squeeze more out of what gear you've already got and make sure you're doing the maximum with your with your kit rather than just going i don't like my sound i need a new pedal I don't like my I don't like my guitar sound. I need to put some new pickups in. You know, expensive stuff like that. What else can we do before we go and purchase something else? Yeah, are we are we, are we getting too mature and too um too boring? No, <laughs> with that, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, not in the slightest. I think this is this is a really important conversation, right? Because I think there's kind of like a, a life cycle for guitarists when it comes to this kind anything when you I think it takes a good five six years maybe more maybe less for some guitarists I think when you start learning guitar and you get better and better and you get to a point where you're playing with other people and you maybe you're playing live and stuff like that it doesn't you know the, the tone conversation doesn't start till quite late on you know do you know what I mean it's kind mm-hmm. of I do I do it's kind of it, it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, all or nothing when you first start. It's kind of, you know, you get a multi-effects system and suddenly, you know, 
everything is on, all the yeah. effects, and everything sounds terrible, but to you it sounds fantastic at that yeah, time. Yeah, because you haven't had those things before, right? And now you've exactly. got access to them, so surely if I put them all on my sound, my sound yeah. will be will be a magnitude greater than it was before. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I and I was, whilst thinking about this, I was wondering, you know, what what is, what is it about tone and improving tone? Because we're asking this question, you know, or at least we're saying, what we're saying to our listeners is these are ways that we can improve improve these are ways you should think to improve your tone and mm-hmm. it got me thinking is there are there objective and subjective things that um that affect your tone like mm-hmm. do you know what i mean you know because I, yeah. I, I i don't think i'd like to play guitar through like a, a roland jazz chorus with a a boss heavy metal <laughs> two pedal plugged into it and so i probably wouldn't like that tone but yeah. that's entirely subjective because oh, that tone might fit in really well with a particular mix or sound somebody might like it in some kind of weird you know acid jazz house song or something like that some things about tone are really just subjective and not objective and some things i think are objective have i jumped in at the deep end here? no you totally have i mean no, but i love the way that you have because this that is like the perfect disclaimer or um kind of just like advice before we get into any of these things right and mm. um because you're absolutely right elements of what we as guitarists you and i guitarists in general believe will tweak and improve their tone is uh, I, I was gonna say in the eyes of the beholder but in this case it's on the ears of the listener right it is subjective yeah. right so you so you've got to do what you feel is right i mean i'm i'm really into kind of hi-fi music and audio file kind of hi-fi gear as well and you know in particularly in that industry even more so as a punter there is so much you know snake oil kind of products being peddled to you know, tweak out that extra little bit of fidelity or sound staging or whatever it is from your gear. And you get to the point where you go, really, is it really going to make the biggest difference? Like, you know, if I spend another thousand pounds on a piece of speaker cable, I mean, it gets into silly realms. So, and, and if we bring that back to guitar, you know, there's definitely... You know, people that will wax lyrical about, you know, biasing a valve at a certain kind of set point to tweak out an extra bit of, you know, tone from it. And then you start to get into, I think, really subjective bits of, 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 of discussion, exactly, exactly as you say. So may, maybe that's a good thing to keep us grounded as we go through these kind of things that we think are going to improve tone. Because I think, we haven't really compared notes or anything up until this point, but I've put together a rough list of things that I think... Um, people should look at first just to make sure they're doing the best they can with their with their gear. And I think, generally speaking, most of what I've got on this list is pretty much objective stuff. I don't think mm. it's a, a, any of it is is, is too subjective. Uh, yeah. There is d- definitely bits of it which are experiment and see what sounds best to you. Yeah. Um, but the steps I'm asking people to consider, I think, will create big enough differences in in tone. For them to say, I like it versus what I had before, or I don't like it, so I'll go back to how I was doing it before. Does yeah, that make sense? it completely makes sense. I mean, yeah. it's kind of, it's horses for courses, isn't it, as, we, as we'd say. You know, I mean, I kind of, I don't want to get caught up too much on that philosophical point of, you know, what is tone? <laughs> why, why are we as guitarists so obsessed with 
our tone when mm. how many how much music do you listen to it's just guitar it's yeah. you know it's the, the thing I, I love about music is them is the mix yeah. um, and some guitar tones in context sound terrible by themselves uh-huh. yeah. so yeah this this is why I find it kind of I mean I think a lot of guitarists run the risk of being quite narcissistic when it comes to their own tone very protective of their own tone and and it, you know they t- never really think about the context of it but that, I think that might be a conversation for another day. I yeah. Think today, yeah. let's just talk about the things which I think and you think um, are really great points to consider if you want to improve or maybe just experiment with in, in trying to improve and see if you can, f- you know, find more enjoyment out of your guitar tone. That's it. I think those That's are the it. things we need to do. So, um, Karen, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it to you to start with right. what, with, with, um, with kind of your number one choice. Well, not actually, no, this shouldn't be in any particular order, should it? It should just be a conversation piece, do you think? On Yeah, well, let's let, let's see where it goes. I put okay. a number I, I put a list down, right? I'm sure yeah. you've you've done a list as well. And and coincidentally, the thing that is on the top of my list, I think is probably the most important thing. But I, I and and I won't I won't go into it in too much detail because I think it'll be pretty obvious to our listeners. And we've covered it in in much better detail in other mm. podcast episodes. Sorry to interrupt this super fascinating conversation about getting the most out of your guitar, but if you've listened this far, then you probably should subscribe to the Guitar Smarts podcast. So do that now and then come straight back. So the first thing, right, I think in terms of getting better tone is to be comfortable on the instrument that you're trying to get that better tone out of, right? It sounds it sounds obvious and it sounds like a bit of a a um I don't know a, a, a tangential link to what we're talking about, but it but it's really not, and it is you mean about it's not a pedal. You mean you're not? <laughs> it's, not it's not a pedal. I thought you were going to just say buy this pedal or something, or you know. That's it. Speak to Joe Bonamassa and see what see what he's doing for tone these days. <laughs> I didn't realise it was going to be something you had to think about. Something as simple as just make sure that the guitar that you are playing is properly set up. Because I mean, yeah. often, oh, honestly, mate, and we've, we've we've chatted about this, haven't we? Right? You know, the temptation to go and buy the latest MXR pedal that's yeah. you know labelled better tone, and you press a button and you go that's it i've got my better tone now yes box ticked yeah okay it's not as simple as that and uh and and yeah bonamassa bloody bonamassa (laughs) love him amazing (laughs) player but seriously i mean the amount of people that he's probably inspired or that to go and, and get some like ludicrously expensive vintage instrument because that is the way forward and how to make you sound yeah. as good as as good as he sounds which yeah. is incredible you know it's just it's it, it's 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 simpler than that folks just make sure your guitar is set up in the best possible way it can because if it's set up properly to play as best as it can for you you will lose yourself in that instrument and your tone will start to improve mm. because you, you're more inspired to play. You're more comfortable playing. It will just, you know, you know, it, it will stop you fighting mm. uh, against the instrument and ultimately fighting against getting, getting that tone that, that you want. But as I said, I'm not going to go into the details of, of, of how to set up your guitar because we've covered that in, in the guitar setup. 
uh, episodes that we've done previously. But but first and foremost, start there because there's no point being unhappy with your sound if you've got a duff old set of strings on your guitar. It, the intonation's out and you know it, it's out, so you're ignoring it. Your frets are choking out and and the whole thing just needs some love and care. Why why, why even start to try to improve yeah. your, your tone if, 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 the, if the initial thing, which is your fingers on that instrument, Ain't, ain't happening in the right way. Done. I couldn't agree more. That was top, <laughs> that was absolutely top of my list too, mate. Just like, um, you know, simple things that could really affect your sound, like pickup height, you know, um, mm. stuff like that. That even if you're happy with it now, experiment with it, you might be get you might get happier with it. And um, you know, string gauge and stuff like you know, anything things that choices that you make as part of your um, the setup of your guitar uh, can really affect. It might not affect the sound too much but like you said you made a I guess it's an indirect thing isn't it if you're more mm-hmm. comfortable with your instrument you're going to perform better that's going to feed into the sound of your instrument and the sound of how you play so much of the sound of the guitar comes from the fingers as people rightly say you know I think you hear that quite a lot oh it's all in the fingers it's mm-hmm. not all in the fingers but mm-hmm. a huge amount of it is in the fingers for sure mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, so why not make yourself as comfortable as possible Exactly. Your instrument. I think that's a fantastic point. I like the fact you mentioned um, pickup height there as well, because that yeah. is a really overlooked one. And again, we've co- we've covered it in other episodes, but just as a reminder to folk, if you really do want to start, if your if your guitar is set up as as comfortably as you want it to be, and you feel yeah, this is really nicely set up, mm-hmm. and either you've done it yourself <clears throat> following some of the the advice we've given on the show, or you've taken it to a to a tech or a luthier and they've done it for you. Great. But pickup height, again, is is definitely one of those kind of subjective things that you mm. can really experiment with and play with. Because even if the tech um, or it's left the factory like that has set the pickups uh, up against the, 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 the kind of string uh, in, in a relative way that is either in line with the manufacturer's recommendations, uh, either the guitar manufacturer or the pickup manufacturer or, or, or whatever, you can play around with that so much and there is no there is no real right or wrong. I mean, mm. th- there is a wrong insofar as... Uh, I said there's no right or wrong and then I'm going to tell you there is a wrong, which, which, <laughs> which is... Which is which, I mean, the wrong is, is basically an obvious one, which is if you wind the pickups up so high relative to the string that they then start to interfere with the um, uh, the travel of the string and you'll hear that as those kind of weird harmonic overtones or, you know, even worse, it starts to, you know, interfere with the mechanical action of the string when you play up at the higher frets, then clearly that's wrong. But anything, anything up to, up to that point, play, mm. play with it. It will make a huge difference to the, to the sound of your guitar. And, you know, that, that initial kind of uh, instinct we have when we're really beginner players or, or, or something, which is, well, I just need to wind my pickups up as high as I can to the, to the underside of the string because that gives me a higher output and that must be a better, fuller, richer tone. That, that's, mm. not, that's not the correct way of thinking. Uh, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of players like to floor their pickups right down to the scratch plate and drive the amp mm. harder. Um, and yes, the pickups will sound thinner with less output, but then you, when you compensate that with the amp at a higher volume, all of a sudden you start to dial in sounds that you didn't 
didn't think you could get from that guitar. So it's really, really worth playing with the pickup heights. Wow, it's quite, it's quite complex, really, isn't it? Because obviously there's a physical understanding of what's going on, isn't there, as well? I guess in, even the, you know, which pickups to actually raise and lower. Um, mm. You know, mm. pickups obviously are going to get closer to the string sooner because the, yes. the string vibrates further around that area of the, you know, whereas the bridge, the string's not vibrating as, as you know, it's not travelling as far, like you say. So I think that's a really good thing to do. I think go and kind of experiment with pickup height mm. and see how that affects the sound of your rig. Yeah, um, yeah. And again, yeah. it's there, there is no right or wrong. So I would I would generally say like, okay, let's, let's for example, say you've got a, three pickup guitar like a like a strat i would i would generally start by saying get the neck pickup sounding how you want it to right and and experiment Mm -hmm. with the height of the neck pickup first then once you've got that dialed in how you want it to sound then you've got a couple of options right which is the other two pickups what do you want to do with them do you want to make it a really nice balanced output so no matter what position you flick your selector switch to you've got a comparable volume output Mm -hmm. knowing and appreciating that your out of phase kind of positions um, of of two and four will always have a slight volume drop in them anyway and and learning to to understand and, and live with that or do you want to raise those pickups in a different way so that as you as you flick through them, you get different volumes for different for different songs or or, or different ways of cutting through the mix? You know, um, there is no right and wrong. You can you can you can play with that to your heart's content. It's up it's up to you what you want to do with it. Anyway, I think we've kind of covered pickup height, but it's a, it's a whole a whole thing that's just so overlooked. I think so too, and I think maybe um, we should jump to string gauge as well. Okay, yeah, I think because I think it follows nicely from pickup height. We're talking about guitar setup, um, and string gauge is also something I've been experimenting with. Mm. Actually, string gauge and material choice over the last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. or to, year or so. Um, our listeners probably remember us talking about it probably a couple of times on previous podcasts, but. Um, I've been astounded over the last year at how different different my guitars can sound with different string materials. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also relatively convinced that um, string gauge is, is less important, except for the feel of the instrument. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not so the sound. I'm, I'm, you know, I remember watching a video um, by Rhett Scholl on YouTube yeah. who, was, who was talking about you're trying different string gauges um, and he went down to nines and I think eights maybe. And in an experiment he did, he realised listening back to the recordings that um, really the string gauge hadn't made the difference to his sound that he thought it might have done. And that actually in some cases he thinks that he may be more comfortable as a guitarist if he reduces his string gauge um, now that he felt confident that it doesn't affect his sound so much. But there are some guitarists out there like Josh Smith who I'm a big fan of, he's a fantastic blues guitarist who he uses 13s on everything and still tunes to standard tuning. Good Lord. Which is like, um, that's, that's just madness to me. That's like having, that's, that's, that's like having a, your G string as as the, as the E string, isn't it? Pretty much tuning Mm -hmm. up like that in some cases, but 
Um, but his argument for that is is to do with volume, um, mm-hmm. and and he's and he's saying that you know there is literally more mass to the string mm-hmm. than there is with a smaller gauge string. Mm-hmm. So he's learned to deal with and acclimatize himself to the you know the energy he has to exert you know, on the string mm-hmm. to bend or to even just fret the string, and he's got used to that and he's strong enough to do it. And and his argument is that well I now have higher headroom I can now you know get more signal strength out of my guitar I have a bigger sound because of that you're not also a big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan and Stevie Ray Vaughan yeah. was I don't know if it's truth or not but you know he was people talk about him having ridiculous gauge strings I'm more yeah. skeptical I think I prefer comfort over tone actually when it comes yeah. to string gauge yeah. tens are perfect for me I don't think I'd go lower than tens but I've tried nines before I've mm-hmm. on on my Les Paul felt great um, but for me, the material choices were that's 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 where there's a lot of fun to be found in experimenting with the tone of your guitar is playing with the different materials that are available, and also the different manufacturers. You know, I really like pure nickel strings on my guitars now because of the, there's definitely more warmth. There's definitely a darker sound, and I think that really helps to refine the sound of my instruments, which aren't particularly high end instruments. Um, but I've tried, you know, uh, I've tried Ernie Ball, Fender, uh, Kurt Mangan, all the different types of pure nickel strings, and they all sound different too. Mm. Uh, so it's so it's bizarre how much how much fun there is to be had in experimenting with different string materials and different manufacturers to see how it can affect the tone of your instrument. You might find, Definitely. you know, you might find if you're trying to get a warmer sound out of your guitar, one of the things that people might do is is they cut the treble on the amp or on an mm-hmm. effects pedal or an EQ pedal or something like that, which is great, but that's that's subtract that's that's literally subtractive equalization. That's taking mm-hmm. signal away. So that's literally throwing something away that your guitar is doing. So why not just think about EQ differently and think about how you can change the sound of your instrument so you don't have to subtract signal away to make your guitar sound better? Mm-hmm. Why not have, mm-hmm. if you want your guitar to sound darker, get some strings that sound darker and mm-hmm. then have your EQ a bit more flat and then you've got more signal because you're not subtracting signal with your EQ. All of all, all EQ is really is volume control for certain frequency ranges. So that's that's something that I've learnt about my guitar tone over the last year or two, which is to think differently about how you know string gauge is part of that. String gauge and string material uh, help me think differently about how I EQ my sound. You know exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, and I would always say play the play the heaviest strings you can. Mm-hmm. That feel comfortable and at the moment it starts to feel uncomfortable or that you're fighting against it in a way that you don't want to then 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 drop then yeah. drop down and and you know it's the reason i've uh, you know i still go with nines on a, on a strat you know mm. I, I find it really comfortable to play on it and it allows me to to still get a decent tone out of it but and and tens for me works great on a les paul but i i also know that when and this may be part of the thing with you know incredible musicians like Josh, Josh Smith that you've mentioned, which is your hands will invariably get stronger the more you play and the more you kind of 
uh, you know, use heavier strings as well. So it may just be that he just doesn't find it a fight on 13s in the same way that you and I would. So to him, you know, that's that's that that works. Uh, Bonamassa does something interesting. Uh, he's not unique in, in the way that he does it. A lot of players do this, where he overwraps the strings around the tailpiece, mm. um, but that allows him to play a a heavier gauge of string because of the the way in which it changes the break angle of the string across the the bridge and the saddle. It invariably also makes that thicker gauge string feel slinkier and lighter mm. than it actually is. So mm. that's one of his reasons that he gets around using a heavier gauge string or how he gets around using a heavier gauge string, but still makes it comfortable to play. Um, so again, that links back to there, there might even be ways mm. to use heavier strings on your guitar, but make it, make it feel lighter just in the way the guitar's set up and the way the strings are strung. But yeah, I think, I think we've probably covered enough on that, but play, play with different strings, right? To gauges, yeah. materials. I just improved my acoustic the other day just by trying a different brand and, and type of material of the, the string. I was like, oh yeah, I like wow. this guitar again. I like, I like it again now. <laughs> <This> <laughs> That's yeah, that literally it. transformative, you know, just yeah. changing yeah. Your, changing the string yeah. type. Yeah, I was shopping for a new acoustic guitar because I, I, I just remembered that guitar sounding better. And then I remembered, oh yeah, I used to use phosphor bronze from this manufacturer and I haven't used those for years on that. I'll put them back on. Oh, there you go. There you go. There's my guitar. Back to life. Yeah, don't need to buy a new acoustic. Wow. So you can buy something else instead. You can yeah. buy um, <laughs> another pedal or... <laughs> Well, you could put your money somewhere else on the on the on the signal chain, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. where, where, where else? Let's spend some money. Let's stop talking yeah, about stuff. Yeah, actually, let's it? let's do that. I'm, I'm, I was let's, just going to say, spend, let's spend some money. Let's, let's let's go to something in the list which involves us, you know, splashing yeah. a bit of cash. Yeah, a little bit. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're, we're in the context of today. No, we, at no point are we going to say go out and buy a new guitar or buy a new amp. But, yeah. but there are bits where we where we should say spend a bit more money than five pounds on a new. Yeah. Set of strings because that's yeah i think people i think people know that right so where would you spend some money in a in a in a non-significant way to make a big difference well would i make where would i spend some money in a non-significant way to make some difference that's a fantastic question <laughs> <laughs> genuinely i just realized i've asked you because you don't like spending money on anything so. well, <laughs> <laughs> that's true well you know i like spending money on the right things it's the bigger that's purchases true. that you know it's the big things but well let's put it this way if I had if I just reset up my guitar and it sounded and it yeah. felt great and and maybe I'd got myself a nice little you know um, snake oil pedal to to make my <laughs> you know make my sound even better you know I, I don't know let's say I just bought a clon or something like that yeah. stuck it on the floor and I've right. got a fantastic you know uh, like a vintage Marshall or Fender amp behind me like, mm. this is brilliant tone mm. if mm. I'm connecting that stuff with really Mm. cheap, you know, two-pound cable bin pedals from, you know, guitar shop. If I'm connecting that yeah. stuff together with pedals, uh, with with terrible cables and using terrible power supplies, then it's then it becomes redundant. It becomes a pointless endeavour trying to get good tone. So I think, you know, I think an investment in good interconnects 
and good yeah. power supplies and things like that. Yeah. That's where, uh, you know, uh, that's where a huge amount of tone can be really realized. Don't you think? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I completely, that's exactly where I'd spend the next bit of money and it doesn't have to be stupidly expensive. No. Uh, cables, you know, gold plated this and that and uh, get, get decent kind of nutric jack pedals that are, you know, well-made, um, mm-hmm. I like the true tone stuff. Uh, it's yeah. they're really, really, I think you, I think you turned me on to that and I've, I've, I've recommended true it. True tone or clear tone? Clear tone, um, sorry. Clear tone. No, I you're right. I can't remember. It's a, it's a company in, um, Basingstoke in the UK, I think called Award Session that have been around for a long that's time. That's right. That's right. A gentleman called Stuart Ward, um, and uh, obviously this isn't sponsored or anything like that, but I'm, I'm speaking out of my experience. And, mm. uh, and and this this company will custom make cables to order of any type. It doesn't have to be guitar instrument cables. It can be, they'll do speaker cables and microphone uh, cables and anything like that. They'll custom make them to order. They're really, really cost effective. Yeah, um, they're a bit more expensive than your normal, yeah. you know, off the, off the shelf stuff, but they're not... I I wouldn't say they're they're expensive. Expensive. They're they're reasonably priced. They're, they're more expensive than say your you know your, your Stag or your Anderton's yeah. own brand. They're yeah. not more expensive than like your um, Klotz cables or your. They're certainly not more expensive than like Ernie Ball cables and stuff mm-hmm. that you see in, mm-hmm. in in the shops. They're they're an average price. If you're willing to go to you know a guitar store and buy mm-hmm. and spend twenty quid on a on a decent say four meter four and a half mm-hmm. meter guitar mm-hmm. cable that's yeah. how much you probably spend with this guy but he will hand make it and ship it to you to order and i've got cables in my gig bag which i've had from him for for maybe 10 years that's, yep. that i've never once had to repair or yep. had any kind of problems with uh, they're just it's just things like that same. make same. all the difference i've just gone onto the website now mate same you t- you turned me on to these and that was probably 10 years ago and i bought a bunch and I'm still gigging them to this day. Not one, pe- not one mm. patch cable, not one uh, kind of guitar lead has failed in that time. And mm. I, I absolutely, you know, going back to your objective and subjective kind of improvements in tone, I absolutely am convinced that when I switched to these cables, it made a noticeable difference in the transparency and kind of authentic nature of my guitar yeah. and, 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 and it, it just worked. And I thought that's it. Perfect. That's, that's, that's that it. part of the signal change sorted. Um, yeah, it's award session.com. <laughs> And yeah. it's the yellow tab custom cables. The yellow clear tab tone. custom cables, fantastic. I mean, he he only uses the the professional nitric connectors. Doesn't use the yeah because the nitric do a number of different types of connectors, and he only uses yeah. the pro ones. He uses yeah. Van Dam cable, instrument cable, so nice. it's all good stuff. Um, and he manufactures them really well. Uh, in fact, the last time I, I when I got the Helix, I ordered a couple more cables from them oh, yeah. uh, so that I had a couple more uh, cables oh, cool. to go. You know, so I could go out to. You know, just had, had more spare cables basically for it because the setup mm. demanded a few more cables. Yeah. Um, and I went online and I ordered two more six meter jack to jack instrument cables. 
mm-hmm. and I missed that there was a deal on at the time. You know that you had to press a particular button, and there was a deal, and I and I pay, I paid, and they emailed me back saying you just missed a you missed a deal on the website, so no. we'll cancel it and we'll charge you the deal price. So they even oh. they were even nice <laughs> enough to kind of say, hey, you know, don't pay this much. You missed out on this deal, what? so we'll, we'll just give you this. So there's that kind of service you get. You don't get that from anywhere. Know, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right, they're definitely getting a plug off this podcast yeah. and uh, and a, and, a, and a call out in the social media. That's that's why I like companies like that because you know that yeah. they're, they're people really, they're people. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the old it's the man in the shed who's you know doing amazing work, you know, and needs a bit of support and needs you know people to know about their product. And yeah, they do nice things like that. Yeah, and they're great cables, and you and I have both yeah. used them for years. I've recommended them to other musicians who've said to me, "Yeah, love those. They they sound great." Mm. I'm using those. So, yeah, and great customer service. Amazing, amazing. But back to the point in hand, which is uh, spend some money on decent cables. Spend some money on decent decent cables. It's kind of, it's boss the point in having nice things. It's like having a Ferrari and putting cheap petrol in it you know you wouldn't put yeah. you, you put the decent stuff in it yeah it's the same as that next nice. love it right where do we go from here well let's continue to spend a bit more money let's let's ratchet <laughs> up a little a little a little bit a little bit um where do we want to go next well i, I actually i i think you know we've 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 spoken a lot i i had one next on my list which was put a, a buffer pedal on your on your board if you mm-hmm. need it and don't and don't don't be lured into all true bypass pedals um and do you know what? I think we've covered this quite nicely in our whole pedal board episode, didn't mm. we? As to why mm. a buffer would make sense and why that's necessary. So, so but if if you haven't, if you if you're running a, a pedal board uh, like a more traditional one uh, with a whole bunch of true bypass pedals on it, um, yeah, consider consider getting a buffered pedal somewhere mm-hmm. along the line just to just to boost again your 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 tone through that that board so mm-hmm. i think we've covered that one this is the one that i want to go go to next which can involve spending a bit of money but can also just involve appreciating how sound reproduction works in a in a in a, in a room mm-hmm. and playing with the tools that are already on it and this this bit is where i think i can learn a bit more wisdom from you and this is around dialing in your amp right how how often as guitar players do we get an amp and we um, either look at the recommended settings on the internet or by the manufacturer and we try those and we go, yeah, it's all right. Uh, then we find our own nice settings at home and then we go, okay, I've, I've got the right sound that I want. Then we go out and put it in a different room in a, in a, in a live setting, different volumes. And then we kind of go, oh, I'm not sure that the sound's working for me. So I think one of the simplest disciplines to get into is really being flexible and constantly thinking about how you're dialing in your amp based on where you're playing, how loud you're playing, what type of sound you're trying to get in the mix with your band. And I think there's some tips that we can learn from you, Matt, because you really understand about, you know, EQ and live sound reproduction as to as to what that looks like for as, as a starter, where people should start trying to get the best out of their amp with with the the EQ controls and things to, to dial it in in a better way and and mm. ultimately get, you know, a, a tone that they didn't think was possible or from that amp. 
Yeah, well, there's that, that's a fantastic point. I mean, being able to dial your amp in is, is absolutely paramount to, you know, to your guitar sound. Um, two things I'll talk about. One is we mentioned earlier on about understanding how your guitar sound fits into the context of the mix, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I guess you could, you could, as a guitarist, you could put some effort into learning about really where things sit in the frequency range. So mm-hmm. it's quite tough for guitarists actually stick out in a mix because that, that area of the frequency spectrum is quite congested in a band mix, mm-hmm. you know. Bass players not really competing with anyone. You know, the drummer's not really competing with anyone. Everything for a drummer is quite transient. You know, it's not really, uh, it's not really, you know, long tones that are being stretched out like guitars and keys. And keys is difficult because it, it you know, it covers the, the entire spectrum. I mean, the lowest note on, on, on a keyboard, I think is down at, you know, like 80 Hertz, something like that. And you're going all the way up in multiple octaves, right up to the high frequencies. Um, so for guitars, we're really competing with vocals, yeah. you know, and vocals should be at the front of the mix. Mm. So mm. how do you cut through a mix if you're a guitarist then? You have to really mm. think about, um, you know, your context of the context of the, the entire mix and try and dial in your tone to be what you want it to be, but also cut through, you know. And the other thing to think about is power. You know, if you put in too much bass, I like my guitar sound to be quite bass. I've always yeah. liked that kind of thumping sound that you get from yeah. a neck pickup on a Strat, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I do. Um, but bass frequencies take up a lot of power. That's why people talk about guitars sounding a bit woofy, you yeah. know, when there's too Muddy. much low end. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know, bass frequencies can sap all the power out of the power amp if you've got too much going through Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that can really cause problems in the mix then your guitar sound gets lost so sometimes it's better to sacrifice a lot of low end um and have your guitar cut through better and just kind of have faith that the bass player and you know everything you know your sound engineer's got the low end of the you know mix covered yeah Um, or your bass player is just being covered by the bass player you know in in the mix and and then you don't need to stress about trying to compete Absolutely. And I would also recommend, you know, if you've got the room and you really need that sound, you really want your guitar to cut through with low end as well as mids, then consider a dual guitar amp rig and have one amp that's really managing the low end and another amp that's really managing the mids and the upper mids. Um, That's going to, you know, you're not going to end up with a an amp that's kind of, you know, woofing out a little bit because it's trying to do everything. You can mm. kind of, you're sharing that, that responsibility between two amplifiers. So, but the other thing I wanted to mention uh, is, and this is something that, <coughs> excuse me, this is something I heard Matt Schofield talk about years ago. Um, and it was a tip that he had, and I've, I've seen this in a number of magazines over the years, and it's definitely Matt Schofield's thing that he said. Um, and it was advice he gave for dialing in an amp. Um, mm-hmm. The question came from the fact that um, for guitarists like Matt Schofield, who's you know a very well-renowned artist in an industry that isn't so you know, and certainly in a genre that isn't so kind of like you're not doing arena gigs, you're not doing tour, you're not doing like you know, you're not Joe Bonamassa at least, but you're still touring a lot and you're still flying around to gigs, but you can't probably take your amp with you everywhere you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And you're reliant on an amp that you don't know anything about when you get there and how do you dial that amp in? Uh, and he, he had a really great point, which was for any guitar amp, really any control, whether it's the, 
master volume, the gain, the, the, the EQs, presence, or anything like that. Every control tends to have, uh, you know, a point on that, mm-hmm. on that, on its travel where you suddenly really hear the effect yeah. of it. Right? I've heard this. I've heard yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And his tip is to find that point for everything and yeah. set it there yeah. so that you've got the amp right on. So everything's right on the edge of where it's kind of really functioning the best. Yeah. Um, and he said he finds that is always the best way to get the, the, the most satisfying, um, kind of clean, uh, fundamental tone out of any mm-hmm. amplifier. Um, yeah. I've tried that a number of times as well. And actually, I think it's a really great way to kind of initially set your tone on your amp. So so those are the two things I would say about dialing in your amp is yeah, consider the context of your sound and also, you know, try and if you're dialing in an amp for the first time or you don't really know how to get that kind of, in, if you use your amp like a clean Bass mm-hmm. do the Matt Schofield trick. That's that's yeah. probably the way. To so it's do about it. finding that sweet spot, isn't it, on each yeah. of those bass, middle, and treble uh, pots? Where, as you say, it goes from oh, I'm not sure it's really doing anything, not sure it's really doing anything, and then oh, all of a sudden, oh yeah, yeah. it's really okay. making a difference. Now I can hear it, it, it hear that it. pot kicking in, and that if you follow that kind of mentality, that's the sweet spot there. Just, just in that little bit of play where it starts to become noticeable. Yeah. Try setting everything there, first of all, rather than the inherent mentality, I guess, which is, uh, again, another one to try, which is just set everything at 12 o'clock and then, and then work around there. The sweet spot not, might not be 12 o'clock. So just see. Well, that's, see that's right. Is. You know, some amplifiers, like for example, and I'm sure our listeners will correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but I think, for example, I think an old Vox AC30, it's, it's not a plus or minus tone control on some of those amps, mm. or maybe the old tweed amps where you just had a tone control. Uh, those were, you know, the, the, the flat doing nothing position is all the way down. Right. And then as you kind of um, introduce more travel into the into the knob, it's doing like a cut. It's doing like yeah. a, a low cut. So it feels like I'm introducing high end, but all I'm doing is taking away low end, mm-hmm. really. And so if you understand more about what your, your amp actually does, mm-hmm. any amp that has an instruction manual will tell you this. It'll tell you how the tone controls work. It'll say, you know, the flat position is at 12 o'clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, some amps don't work that way. So understand that part about your equipment as well yeah nice um yeah i think that's really good good advice mate particularly around the bass be be be, be cautious around you know the sound that you get at home with where the bass uh tone control is positioned and then that might not work in a live setting oftentimes it can actually make your guitar sound too muddy be you know t- tame the bass to roll that off a little bit think about the mids pushing those a little bit more in a live context so that it doesn't compete with the vocals but it just cuts through nicely i mean it's the basis of why a tube screamer is such a popular pedal right because it has that bass roll off and that mid hump which <laughs> You, you kick it on and people just go, oh, my guitar sounds really That's good. You go, exactly well, it, right? You've it, just EQ'd your guitar properly and it. added a little bit of dirt to it. That's it's it. not That's just gain. Done. It's not just gain. It's not just a Stevie Ray Vaughan thing. It's not just level into your amp. You're absolutely correct. It's a tone shaping that it does which is it rolls low end mm. off and it boosts the mm. mids. Those are the things, that's where the guitar exists in the mid range, you know, the electric guitar tonally yeah, yeah, it exists yeah. in the mid range. So if you want to cut through, boost yeah. the mids, get rid of the low end. So there we go. That's it. That's it. 
What's the next? other thing I would say, if you do want to say, well, if you do want to spend a bit of money on the amp, if you've tried all those things that you've suggested and, um, is last, last bit of, well, one, one, one bit to spend money and one bit to just again try before you spend some money. Positioning of your amp, right? Mm. I know this is often very limited by the venues that we play in. Oftentimes your amps teetering precariously on the edge of a, of a bar table or on a, <laughs> on a chair that you've got or propped up, you know, all of that is going to, is going to ha- have an influence, right? Stuffed in the corner of a room versus, you know, brought more into the room. All of those things are, are going to have a, a bearing on it, right? So just just consider consider that. Um, you know, this is basic speaker <clears throat> kind of principles, right? But if you bring bring a speaker more up to ear volume, you're going to hear the treble bits a little bit more because it's going to be more on axis to the listener, and so it could sound harsher. But then you know, try and control that with the treble. If you push it into the corner of a room with not a lot of space, it's going to reinforce some of those bass frequencies a little bit, which could make it sound a bit muddier. So just, just kind of watch out for, for those kind of things. So just, just have a think about where your amp is placed in a, in a room. Um, and if that's the right, the right positioning for you. And if you can't move where the amp is positioned, then think about, okay, what has that position done to the inherent way in which sound is going to come out of my amp and be reflected around Mm. the room? Should I roll off the bass a bit more than I normally would because it's wedged right up into a corner and, and the, you know, the, the air is just not moving around it in a way that can disperse that bass or, you know, is it raised up to quite high now? So it's hitting people directly in the face. Do I need to control the treble a little bit more? So that's, that's one thing around think about where your amp is. Um, and then the other thing to spend some money on, which I, I wholeheartedly can endorse as a cheap, cheap thing is, um, put, try different speakers in your, in your, in your amp. Mm. Um, if you're not competent or comfortable doing it, um, messing around with amps with the kind of voltages and things they, they can retain even when they're off and get, a, get a tech to do it. But speakers are relatively inexpensive yeah. things to, to, to chuck in and will make a huge difference, um, to some, sometimes the, the cheaper stock speakers that are used in a, in a, in a lot of kind of mid range amps, mm-hmm. um, uh, you, you can you can take an amp from an amp that you thought mm, it doesn't really sound as good as I like, or it's a bit too too harsh. Yeah. Just one that you fall in love with just by changing the speakers uh, in it. You've got experience so, of that, haven't you, um, with your amp? Is that right? I, I have, and quite a lot of people recommend doing this to the to the Blues Deluxe or any of those hot rod amps. Is this is this? They're great amps. The clean channel is brilliant for taking pedals. They've got a nice amount of headroom for 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 you know kind of uh, most venues, um, and they're 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 a decent enough size to not be completely you know impractical to lug around. So for a for a jobbing guitarist, you know the kind of hot rod deluxe blues deluxe amps are great, but it's often cited that the stock eminent speakers that they put in them mm. uh, are, are quite quite harsh at higher volumes, and so. I, I, you know, did a, a very relatively inexpensive mod and put in a cannabis Rex uh, speaker into it to, to replace the stock one. And it was like a night and day transformation. Everything that I didn't like about mm. some of the tonal characteristics was, was, was removed. And that wasn't, again, a subjective thing. That was really clearly uh, evident. In the, mm. in the in the end product, and it's made that amp <clears throat> everything I want it to be now. But uh, people do it to Blues Juniors. It's really yeah. easy to do. You know, it's just an easy thing to 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 kind of to play around with um, and experiment with. Um, so yeah, yeah. I and think if, that's you, a, and that's if you've a... got if you've got 
Sorry, go on. I was going to say, if you've got a desire to spend some money, then, then you can do it without, without kind of, kind of killing yourself. <laughs> like 50, 60 bucks, That's 50, it. 60 it's quid on a new speaker, and it's like, it's fine. Surprising how cheap yeah, a decent speaker difference. upgrade can be, especially if you're willing to do the work yourself. One thing I would say is always just check, from an electrical point of view, check you're not buying a speaker with a different impedance to the speaker you're taking out. You don't want to then, you can blow your amplifier quite easily if you put the wrong impedance speaker into an amplifier. You know, if an amp wants to see four or, or if maybe your amp wants to see eight or 16 ohms, if you put something four ohms in, that's that's not enough impedance that can make your amp over overheat and overwork. So yeah. just curf- be careful yeah. you're not doing something that isn't like for like in terms of its electrical capabilities. Um, uh, but yeah, speaker upgrade is a fantastic thing to do. Something I've never done actually. Um, but now I've got the Helix, I can do it at the press of a button, Karen. You know, if I want to do it through a, if I want my sound to have a four by twelve Celestian green oh, bag, or you know, like a one by ten Supra cabinet, I can do it, and it doesn't cost me anything. It's just a, I can just turn a little wheel. <laughs> it's there, and it's done, and it's done. There we go. Oh, you're going to get me down the Helix route, aren't you? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know? I'm already kind of taking a step forward there, right? Because I. Um, I need a I need an active wedge for mm. um, for the band that I'm playing in, and uh, just to have a nice little bit of fold back. And I thought, well, I could buy just this, or I could buy that. And I thought I, I did end up buying one of those Alto yeah. um, speakers, which is very similar in spec to the Headrush that you that, that you've got. Um, and the, you know the reason why I bought it is massively overkill for a bit of foldback in terms of wattage, just to just to hear my vocals for a bit and maybe a little bit of guitar going through it. But I bought it thinking, if I go down the Helix route, then then this will be ready for that. So I'm I'm and I've already started watching the videos on YouTube. Stop tempting myself, denying yourself. Stop <laughs> denying yourself. It, you, oh. <laughs> you're living. No, you're, you're, you're living in a, a hypocrite, a hypocritical situation. There, I think. I really <laughs> am. I really am. I really am. So who knows? Tune in next week to find out if Kieran actually went down the helix and week. sold everything. No, he won't. I'll never sell everything. And. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep with the rig that I've got for the moment, but yeah. I am intrigued. I am intrigued by this Helix. Well, do you know Helix what, actually, I'm, I should mention, I know we've got listeners who use um, uh, modelling gear for their, for their gigging setup, but yes. I wanted to just take a couple yes. of minutes to mention some tips. Good shout. If you want to improve Definitely. your tone whilst you don't have a, a more traditional setup of amps, pedals, and, uh, you know, and all that stuff. If you, like me, uh, you know, have accepted what the future holds for us and have moved forward into that realm rather than, you know... <laughs> <laughs> It's con- it, <laughs> stuck in the dark it, ages like me. <laughs> it, it can be really difficult to know whether you've dialed in a good tone or not. More difficult, I right. would say, than if you're using a more traditional setup. Um, but what I would say is uh, there's are, there are some really great things you can do. Go online, go on YouTube, find a couple of guys, one called Steve Sterlacci, one called Retchel. We know Retchel. He's quite a big yeah, YouTube guy. Yeah. Um, they've yeah. both done some great videos on how to dial in your tone from a modeling perspective 
for live right. use. And there's some really excellent tips there to do with gain staging, to do with EQ. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Generally, your, your, your modelling system will have a flat EQ across the board, but really your guitar, a normal guitar amp will really actually only kind of work from about like 200 hertz up to about a 10k something like that so you know use mm-hmm. use a global eq to kind of get rid of all that and what that does actually it helps to get rid of a lot of like high-end digital artifacts that can happen in processing it really helps to kind of um you know hone your tone down a little bit better within the processing that happens so where do you use that eqing so that's, that's like a global it, it like eq a... so, so if most of your right. whether it's a kemper or a helix or any of these things you have mm-hmm. a global EQ that's separate Got to you. the patches or the mm-hmm. tone or anything you would put in your signal chain. It's like a global setting and you can yes. use that to reduce the frequency range of the system itself to be more like mm-hmm. a, a natural setup. And then things like putting a compressor at the end of your signal chain was a great tip yeah. Rhett Schull put in because he said that kind of helps to simulate the more natural compression that happens in the power amp stage of a guitar amp, okay. even though that's something that might have been modelled, it can also help to level off things like delay signal, delay repeats and things like that in the same way you know a guitar amp might might help with that so go and watch some of those videos um and have a listen and they'll really make a difference if you if you use a model was there anything for you that was like a sorry to put you on the spot was there but was there anything for you that was like a light bulb moment or just a kind of reminder when you moved over to the helix and you were setting it up and working through patches where you just kind of went ah okay this is how i need to do it now and that make making that transition over to the fully digital rig where you went okay that's different to how i've you know done things with the more traditional rig and and that's making a much better uh kind of choice for for this type of setup to get a a better sound yeah um i definitely say uh, understanding gain staging and the global eq things transformative for me um you've got you you're giving your sound engineer more work to do when you go over to a um a modeling setup that uh, that where you're just using the modeler to do everything you're not using it as part of mm-hmm. another guitar amp or anything like that you know some guys might use a hx stomp as just a pedal mm-hmm. on the chain rather than as as the actual origin of the guitar sound so you've got to try and think about how you can make that modeler sound like a mic up amplifier as much as possible um, mm-hmm. but eqing definitely thinking about um, your gain staging making Making sure your patches, um, your, your different tones for like where volume increases or decrease, whether you're going from a clean to a crunch, crunch to a heavy to mm-hmm. a lead sound. Um, <clears throat> I found it harder to get the difference in volume between those things to work right in a, in a in a live situation than with a more traditional setup. So. Yes. One of the things I'll say, it's going to take you three or four gigs before you get it right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So plan to, you know, have a few gigs that you're going to be not 100% happy with. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, I mean, you know, from when you sat at home with headphones on listening to these things, right. you kind of like, it sounds incredible. There's no way it's going to sound bad at a gig. But the things that you're going to struggle with is your gain staging. Uh, that's going yeah. to take some time to get right. And when you say so gain staging, right? I mean, in, in my mind, that is the the kind of way in which you can stack different gains, overdrives, distortions, yeah. to then be additive or subtractive in the in the tone you're trying to create, yeah. right? And the way I would do that on my traditional pedal board is to 
have my lower gain kind of almost kind of mild drive pedals first and then get progressively more distorted um you know three or four different pedals doing that yeah um to the point where i i can i can create the most saturated most dirty sound that i want mm. in a controlled way by by layering these pedals so in terms of that's a similar principle yeah. I, from from my recollection to how i used to do things on my on my line 6 but but is there is there is there something i've forgotten or is no. there a different way to doing that in the helix that that you would no, say it's, it's that's still the, more it's important? still the same if you're trying to get if you're trying to achieve a fundamental tone of you know of those different sounds clean you know crunchy you know, you know more or less crunchy you know all those things that you would do by standing on different pedals um mm-hmm. what i would say is that although the helix makes them sound just as fantastic as a more traditional setup to my ears the difference is the experience in the room um a guitar amp when you when you you know if i think about how i used to have my guitar amp set up i might have you know a, a, a clean to crunchy sound at the amp um mm-hmm. i might have like a, a crunch pedal to give me just a heavier crunch rhythm sound yep i might have a boost before it before it to get more gain i might have a boost after it to get Mm -hmm. more volume Mm -hmm. i could set my helix up to do exactly the same thing and in my headphones it'll sound the same but at the gig the difference is in the just the perceived volume between those different things yes so the sound is kind of the same but the perceived volume is not necessarily going to work the same way if i want that volume boost after my gain pedal for a light for like a lead tone Using an amp, mm-hmm. you know, I can step on that pedal and bam, I've got 10, 15 dB more volume. That's a lot more power. I can have the settings the same on my Helix and feels like there's no volume increase at all. So there's work Got to be me. done in making sure you're set up so that you're allowing those volume increases to happen. If you've got your fundamental yeah. tone too loud already, you've got yeah. nowhere to go, even though you get that same creamy awesome tone when you stand on it um and there's it's hard to figure that out at home with headphones on it is so it is yeah so yeah, 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 that's, yeah. that's what i mean is is work hard to kind of make sure your your level setting that's the hardest part about mm-hmm. it it's level setting um yeah and, I, and i'm still tweaking that on my more traditional pedal yeah. board in, in a live setting but i must say i i found it more difficult to do on my line six pod in a live setting yeah. and there was many many gigs spent adjusting the volume of those different patches as you're gain staging with different mm. different bits of, of of distortion pedal kicking in it i can i can generally have it nailed within the first couple of songs on a on a gig with a more traditional pedal board and i don't, I don't know whether it just feels easier because it's just easier to just quickly turn a knob on a pedal that where the knob is already there versus going in and programming something slightly different on a on the helix I'm, I'm, i don't know how easy it is to to change that on the helix versus how it was on the pod but, yeah it's um, super easy i mean you literally just you know you can just like tap you know if, if you've got a pedal put it this way if you on a helix for example if you've got a pedal that you've assigned to be say a tube screamer in, in your thing mm. if you just tap the pedal not turn it on off you just touch it on a helix it recognizes that touch as like a capacitive touch your all your foot pedals on a helix are kind of capacitive as well as mechanical so without yeah. turning your tube yeah. screamer on you can just tap the pedal and then all the controls for the tube screamer are available on the screen as if it's there so it's not it's not That's really cool. any different to That's just cool. having the pedal in front of you nice. um it's really it's just nice. so great it's so user-friendly um it's the thing that, that line six <laughs> i'm gonna have to come around and have a demo <laughs> yeah, yeah we need, we need <laughs> i need to kind of Get, get it in front of you. The, this is the biggest 
thing that yeah. Line 6 did. It's not just the sounds. It's the usability yeah. of the device itself. Um, it's wow. so easy to use. And like I said, there's things about it that um, allow you to kind of think differently as to how you manipulate your tone. But anyway, that, that we're, we're almost on the verge here of a digital modelling conversation rather than we general, you know, tone improvement. And, you know, what yeah. are the last couple of things you would recommend to somebody if you wanted them to get better, you know, hmm. get, creating a good tone? I mean, we've, we've, we've covered a lot of it. The things that I've got left now, I think, are really, you know, personal personal preference things. Mm. So, and, and I know you've done some of this, so experiment with your pick thickness. Yeah. Um, you know, from a comfort and playability and speed perspective, it can make a difference. Um, but also it can have an effect on the tone as well. You know, that thicker, heavier pick will will produce a different type of sound. I mean, I love using very thin, very light picks on an acoustic. Just the way that that plastic being much thinner strums across an acoustic guitar string for, for open chords or even kind of some some lead work, it just works for me. I would never use personally a heavier pick on, a, on an acoustic. I know plenty of people do, but for me, there's something inherent about the sound on an acoustic guitar when I use a very thin um, pick. Um, whereas on an electric, obviously I'm going to use something much heavier for me that works and it gives me that control and that tone that I need control is probably the main thing but if I'm using a pick that's too thin on a on an electric mm. there's that there's that flex which creates that inability to to string skip and and or even you know runs on the same string it just it it, it doesn't doesn't give me the tone and sound that I want using a, a thinner pick mm. so yeah, very cheap, you know, not even a mod really. It's like the string thing, isn't it? Uh, just, yeah. The string gauge thing. It's just like play with different picks yeah. and you will get you will get a different sound yeah. for sure. Whether it's one you like or not, that's, mm, that's up to yeah, you. Yeah, I completely agree. Definitely something, if you're listening and you've never really experimented with pick size, shape, material, width, you know, all those different things, go and do it. You'd be surprised. I've, I've yeah. only, yeah. I mean, I've been playing guitar for 26, 27 years years and literally within the last 12 months i've had revelations in my guitar playing comfort and sound from just changing to a particular pick type um something i've never done before it used to be the pick i used would be the one that was in my pocket at the time i need to be playing guitar you know have i got a pick yeah Yeah, that's what i'm using you know it might be like a fender celluloid thing or it'd be like a tortex one millimeter thing you know okay that's my pick whereas now It can be a valid um, method to change your tone to something else. You know, a different material will sound yeah. different to another. You know, Tortex will sound different to, um, you know, um, yeah. tr- uh, what's the material you can get for nuts? Because um, you can... Bone. <laughs> bone. Well, yeah, but, but like an alternative bone, like a... Um, like a you know, like a non-bone alternative to bone. <laughs> Do you mean plastic? <laughs> yeah, you can get like graph tech stuff. You can get. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm messing. Sorry, man. Oh, I never thought I'd ever say the words a non-bone alternative to bone. That was a, that's not a nice thing for Northerner to say. But anyway, I loved hearing it, mate. That's why that. Yeah, I just loved it. I love I love hearing you say "bone" in a northern accent. It sounds great. But anyway, I I tried some graph tech um, picks uh, last year, and I was I was just surprised to hear how bright it made my guitar sound. 
And I was yeah. literally going from one pick to another and like, it sounds like a different guitar. I've just changed the pick. Okay. This is something I've never known in my life as a guitarist. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? And, and it's crazy. It's incredible. We get so wedded as guitar players to know that's my pick. Yeah. It's that colour, yeah. it's that brand and, and cool. And because a lot of that is based on comfort, yeah. right? I bought, um, I bought like a bag of 200 picks off, off wish.com because <laughs> there were like three because, you know, these stupid moments where I do stuff like that. And it was, and it was like three quid or something yeah. like for 200 of these guitar picks in the, in my thickness, my preferred thickness, which in, uh, I don't know, something like 0.96 or something it is. Right. So just under, just under one mil. Mm. So great. They've all turned up. They're all really nicely shaped. They're all really nicely finished around the edges. They are made of a material that I cannot get on with. The, the, they are like, like the one thing that you need a pick to do is not be like slippery. <laughs> These things have got no surface friction at all. Really? It's almost like they're deliberately slippery, right? So like celluloid guitar picks, <clears throat> yes, they're high gloss and they're shiny, but they have some frictional kind of resistance when you put them between your thumb mm. and, 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 and forefinger. But, and the Tortex ones are lovely because they're, they are in, inherently designed to have that natural bit of grip. These ones, I just struggle just trying to keep hold of them in my hand. They're just so slippery. I've done a few gigs <laughs> with them because, you know, I'm tight and I'm like, I've just bought 200 of these bastards. I've got to use them. But you know, never have I been more grateful for that little rubber strip on my mic stand where I can yeah. put picks in. Uh, because the amount of times I've literally just been playing a song and it's just flown out of my hand and I've been like, right, I need another one of those. But, uh, I think I just need to just stop being tight and, and, and I love you know, your stubbornness that you've like, I <laughs> bought 200 of these picks, 200 of these picks off, off from, from some Far Eastern <laughs> manufacturing facility. They basically just, they probably just stamped them out of some old random bit of plastic. Some leftover Teflon. I, yeah. I will absolutely make them work. <laughs> and you're going through six of them in the gig. <laughs> It's like so, I'm concentrating more on trying to keep hold of my pick yeah. than playing. So yeah, they're going to have to go in the bin and I might just have to spend like 10 bucks on some Tortex ones and only have yeah. like 10 of them. Well, I, I really spent like nearly a tenner on, I think it was like a pack of five of these like right. Jim Dunlop jazz tone ones, which I just, I fall oh, in yeah. love with completely. Have they got the little dimpled dishy no, kind not, of not, thing not, they're, they're, they're almost uh, like a very old style kind of, just, just black thing, but you see uh, how yeah, thick they are. But they're very, yeah. Smooth, yeah, yeah. lovely material, oh, really great grip on them. There's no, there's no kind of like, like you know, the thing you've mentioned. There's no kind of nothing on there for me to grip, but the material is grippy enough naturally. Yeah. But right. the fact that yeah. they cost as much as they did means, like, I know where they all are at any point in time. <laughs> You're not throwing those, throwing those on the pub floor after no way. No, absolutely. I'm deliberately That's trying it. to lose my two hundred. Like, exactly. People, are, people at the end of the night when we're doing a clear up, we're going, oh yeah, no, mate, look, I found all these pics of yours yeah. on the floor like no you didn't no you didn't exactly yeah. <laughs> they're gone they're dead to me anyway um uh so where are we? so what i mean one last thing that i see on 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 the list um strap yeah. height oh man this is a silly one right this is a really because you i know you grew up being a slash fan so i'm assuming this is it you're used this to having it. your 
Les Paul, like, down by the knee kind of thing. As an extension of my crotch, basically. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in true 80s rock star god fashion, if it doesn't look like it's coming out from your nether regions, <laughs> then, then what is its purpose in uh, life, right? Yeah. So whereas I'm uh, going the other way now. I'm going right. the other way, which is I'm becoming more like George Harrison in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, um, my guitar is an extension of my armpit, you know. Nice. <laughs> but, but do you know what, mate? Um, I've, 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 I've reconciled this with myself, if only because I'm playing a strap more and more in, in the bands that I'm playing in versus a Les Paul. To me, this may have been decades of growing up trying to emulate Slash's playing with a Les Paul that now, for me, a Les Paul slung a little bit lower, you mm. know, it, it not only looks right, but that shouldn't really be the point, should it? it but it feels right to me. A, a Les Paul, for some reason, just feels right, strung low for me, and then I'm able to kind of lift it up and, and position it in different ways when I need to get higher fret access, mm. so it works. But playing a Strat at that same volume, doing some of the kind of function music that I was doing, I was just like, this, I, I am sacrificing how this looks and the fact that I think it doesn't look right having a guitar higher up for the for the playability mm. now. And actually, I've, I'm playing Strats a lot higher now than I than I was and forsaking the fact that it, it, it you know, it's not, it, it, I mean, I don't know, right? I don't know where this came from, but for some reason, you know, the cool kids had their, had their guitars slung lower. But now, now, hell to that, having it raised higher makes it infinitely more playable. It's one less thing to worry about. And, and you know, I, I'm hitting less bum notes because I can access everything in the way that I need to as, as I need to, rather than thinking, okay, now how do I access that? Because I'm standing up playing live versus sitting down and playing at home. Yeah. And so it's a really silly thing, but yeah, if you can, make sure you set your strap height in a way that's really comfortable to mm. play because you'll sound better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like we like. See, this has gone, kind of come full circle here, haven't we? Gone through this yeah, list and so. we've come full circle because we're talking about comfort, and that was the very first thing: be comfortable with your instrument, have it set up properly, feel have it feeling yeah. good to play. Um, yeah. and yeah, man, this is that Zen kind of thing again, isn't it? The, the guitar philosophy. <laughs> so it's not just all about the equipment, but you know, be it's comfortable, not. be, you know, you don't want to feel like, um, you're, you're fighting with your equipment. Um, and the thing that you, are holding and playing the most is your guitar. Be comfortable with it. Mm. That's, that's going to give you all the freedom to improve your tone in other ways, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm sure my I'm sure my 17 year old self would would slap my middle aged self now in the face for saying that I've I've raised my guitar strap up a few notches because it's more comfortable. But but that's not the point. It, the comfortability is leading to a better tone, yeah. and a better sound, and that's more important to me now mm. than 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 looking like a punk rock star. <laughs> Because that would just look silly yeah, exactly, at the age of 40 yeah. anyway. So like, I wouldn't need to 40-year-old punk rock Oh, awesome, dude. Well, I think we've... Uh... I think we've hit the nail on the head there. I think that gives, if, you, if, you're, so, if you're listening, then you're welcome. You've got uh, <laughs> lots to be getting on with there. <laughs> go and spend a little bit of money. Go and uh, get your guitar set up. And uh, and yeah, I think I think that's it. I think we're, we're providing a fantastic service. Nice, mate. Nice. I'm, I'm really enjoying that chat. <laughs> Me too. Particularly the sillier moments. Yeah, no. What are you up to next week? Anything exciting? Oh, um... 
me think. I said, have I got a gig next week? I've either got a gig next week or the week after. It's the week after. Uh-huh. It's, it's the first Is it? full weekend of April. Yeah, I think. Oh, I've got uh, a gig that week as well. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Is it next week or is it? Uh, yeah, it's next week. <laughs> Are you on next week? It's Sunday, okay. actually. Yeah, a week on Sunday. I've got a gig. Just open a, just gig a or private gig. gig? Yeah, just a private gig. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm looking okay. forward to that. Um, that's the, the first one for a little while. Looking forward to getting out about playing. Um, I'm going to try nice. and do a bit of practice this week, maybe. Um, but I'm chilled. You know, I'm relaxed at the moment. Just kind of... You know your Yeah, stuff. I'm enjoying you know my, yeah, The gig that I've got, he's got like keys and a couple of horns players on, so I might not even turn my Oh, luxury. Up. I might just start luxury. a mine for the gig. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. My next gig is with the DLB, depping oh, for, for Damien uh, at the Square Brewery in Petersfield on that first weekend of April. And being the professional outfit that they are, I'm not the only guitarist on it by any stretch. So oh, there's, there's keys players, there's all sorts, mate. So I'm, the best. it's down the it's down the road. It's it's with Damo. Um, I will do my homework and, and learn his set list thoroughly. But in terms of pressure, no, it's going to be it's going to be that a good an laugh. open gig as well? Is it a public? Gig? It is. It is. Okay. A, it is a public gig. Excellent. Public gig indeed. There'll be a pint at the bar for you waiting, Sarah, if you fancy a, fancy a night out. <laughs> well, maybe I'll be there. Maybe Fantastic, but well, on that note, have a cracking week. Um, yeah, and, and I will and speak you. to you on the next one. Looking forward to it, buddy. All right, take care. Adios. Thank you so much for joining us again this week on the Guitar Smarts podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. I know my guitar tone is going to benefit a lot from this conversation. How about yours? Come and tell us what your ideas are for improving guitar tone and for getting the most out of your sound. Uh, You can let us know on our social media pages uh, over on Instagram and Facebook. And remember to check out the description for all those other links to places that are really really important like our um, buy me a coffee page uh, Etsy merchandise store links where you can leave us a review um, all those things you know uh, would be very gratefully received anyway hope you have a fantastic week or two and we will see you on the next one take care bye bye